We are the tribe from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. Welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to Tubs of the Club, the Idaho Vandals affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. Today, I am your host, Dallas Hammer, joined by the best and brightest, Brian Marceau. Good to be here, guys. We're riding a five-game winning streak, man. I, I know we have a reaction show from last week, but it's just still feels wild. Five games in a row. Brian coming in hot and emotional off of this five game winning streak. Maybe we'll get a little more emotion out of producer seducer Martin Heemstra. It's good to be here. It's cold and chilly in Moscow. The weather's getting cold. I am a little tired. It's a little late for me, but I am pushing through. My then I'm yeah, I'm just excited to be here again as always for another week of show. All right. I am gonna have to be our cocaine addicted emotion here as Brian and Martin both really just sliding into our late night. Again, it is 8:50 Pacific time. Uh, for anybody watching not live or listening not live, we are recording this at 8:50 p.m. on a Tuesday after all of us, it is well past our bedtime. So the amount of swear words is going to shoot through the roof. The amount of stupid things we say is, I don't know if it can get any higher, but it's, it's, we're going to try. We're just going to jump right in guys. Brian kind of buried the lead there. Idaho on a five game win streak this week around the bar brought to us by Hughes river expedition. The number 14 Idaho vandals are playing the number two Sacramento is not a state Hornets. They are seven and oh, they are undefeated this season four and oh in conference play. They have wins over UNI. Colorado State, and yes, I know they're FBS, but they are absolute trash. And Montana, beating Montana last week 31-24 to in overtime, which was the lowest points Sacramento State has scored all year. And actually, if you watched, they got through that game because of a terribly blown call. Outside of that, hey, the win is a win. Troy Taylor comes in. He's 25-7 and overall in his career at Sac State. Their offense, uh, one of the best in the, the conference. They are number one in scoring with 45.9 points a game. First in yards with 514 yards a game. Second in overall rushing yards. Fourth in overall passing yards. They are 11 personnel with a two-quarterback system. Brian, what do we need to know about the Sac State offense? Sacramento State offense, which might surprise people. I mean, we've talked about the two-quarterback thing. We'll get to that. But if you want to know why Sacramento State is so strong offensively, you got to look at the ground game. Uh, In particular, Probably the best running back in the big sky is, is the feature back for Sacramento State. His name's Cameron Scadabo. He, uh, he aver- he's averaging 121.6 yards per game, rushing 7.8 yards per rush. He's dual threat, as in he's, he's a solid pass catcher. But the thing that's going to stand out for you guys about Scadabo is this dude's easily the most physical rusher in the big sky. This is a guy who, no question, He's looking, he's not looking to, to run out of bounds when he's on the sideline. He's looking to initiate contact and uh, kind of like, honestly, for us, Anthony Woods for Idaho does, does a little bit of this, but Scadabo is like this on steroids. This dude is real tough to bring down. And uh, I mean, look, he, as a running back, he's a big play threat. How about that? And that's, that's what I would look at here. Definitely a guy who's going to be first team, all big sky. 
Uh, and that's really, to me, the first matchup that I really care about for Idaho is how how's Idaho going to handle Sacramento State on the ground? This is easily in the F, in FBS games, the best rushing team that we're going to go against with Scadabo, maybe being the best running back Idaho is going to see all season. Yeah, I would argue that Scadaboo is absolutely the best running back in the conference. Uh, the kid, the kid is amazing. Uh, just runs people right over, but he's also he's quick. He's a little shifty. He he is tough to bring down. But Brian, like you said, he just seeks out contact. Uh, you mentioned he he is uh, probably the going to be first team All Big Sky this year. He was third team All Big Sky last year. He's one of two running backs in the conference averaging 100 yards or more a game. He leads the conference in yards. Leads the the conference in yards per carry. The, the, the guy is everything, but he's only the tip of the spear for the rushing attack at Sacramento State. That's what kind of leads into the two-quarterback system. They do a, a full two-quarterback system. It's really strange, but it, it somehow works for them. They have Jake Dunaway. He was third-team all-conference last year. He's their throwing quarterback, uh, currently completing 62.4% of his passes. He's got 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns. Pretty good numbers. They're not uh, exploding off the page but pretty decent. But Asher O'Hara is the second quarterback here. Uh, in 2021, he was all big sky first team as an all-purpose player. He was on the preseason list this year as an all-purpose player. Realistically, they could just count him as a running back and he'd probably get big sky credentials as just a pure running back. Uh, he's He is 38 or 51. He's got 335 yards and four touchdowns through the air. So he throws a little bit, but he's got 480 yards and 13 touchdowns on the ground. Uh, between him and Scadaboo, this team is is crazy. On the the way that they run the football, it is it is terrifying. You combo that with the fact that they do. I mean, they do put up 250 yards of passing offense uh, each week, and we'll we'll get into some of the pass catchers here in a minute. But Brian, should Idaho be more concerned about Jake Dunaway throwing the ball or Asher O'Hara running the ball? I'm going to say Asher O'Hara first. Because like you, you just covered the touchdown stats. He's kind of a red zone. O'Hara is a red zone specialist who you will certainly see outside the red zone. If you have not watched Sacramento State play this year, the way I describe Asher O'Hara and how he is used is how people wish Paul Petrino had used Zach Borish. As in O'Hara, most of the time, he's going to run. When he throws passes, most of them are short passes. Now, once in a while, he'll throw an inter intermediate pass as well. This guy was a starting quarterback in the MAC, I believe, FBS. But the what makes him a threat is his his rush. His rushing opens up the pass game, but it also lets Troy Taylor probably, if he's not the most creative play caller in the Big Sky, he's the second most creative play caller in the Big Sky. And Troy Taylor is the he's the head coach of Sacramento state. He's also the offensive coordinator. He does a weird system in Sacramento state where he openly says he has absolutely nothing to do with the defense. It's a complete bifurcation of Troy, Troy Taylor runs the offense and Andy Thompson runs the defense, but the way Asher Hara is used, it opens up opportunities for other running backs too, because there's now confusion at the point of handoff or, or, you know, fake handoff of who the team needs to follow in a way that that caused some problems for Idaho against Portland state in the first half with Sasha Well, O'Hara is more dangerous of a rusher than Sasha but your, your point about Jake Dunaway is of course taken because Jake Dunaway is a traditional pocket passer. And you, your description of Jake Dunaway earlier, Dallas was great. He he's solid. He's certainly not the best quarterback in the big sky. He will miss at times, 
but he's not a bad quarterback at all. He's a guy who, if he was taking hundred percent of the snaps, his stats are going to look a lot more sexy. Doesn't make a ton of mistakes and, Sacramento State spreads the ball around quite well. Top target is tight end Marshall Martin, former All-Big Sky wide receiver, first-team All-Big Sky from 2021. Pierre Williams is theoretically their most talented wide receiver, but just it hasn't been in the cards for him this year. But, I mean, that, that's the kind of talent that there is on this team that last year a first-team All-Big Sky wide receiver is not – he looks like he's now their number three pass catcher. So, yeah, like Troy Taylor's done a bang – he's done a damn good job at Sacramento State. One Big Sky loss for the Hornets since Troy Taylor took over in 2019. It was to Weber State, a good Weber State team in 2019. That's it. Yeah, uh, years of of just quality football from, from Troy Taylor's guys. The interesting thing is, I mean, this was a, a pretty decent rebuild for him, and he did it almost overnight, very similar to, to what Eck is currently doing with Idaho, where he took a lot of the same players, created a new system, things worked out a whole lot better, and then what we see a lot of uh, a lot of Sac State's guys are, they have a good amount of seniors. A lot of their pass catchers are seniors or juniors, but a lot of their offensive line is guys that are like sophomores, freshmen that are are just being recruited and playing over the guys that were there before and doing a pretty good job of it. That's the kind of the scary thing about this team is their offensive line is, uh, it, honestly, is, is what is causing them to be so good. Uh they are just consistent across the board. They've had the same guys all year long. They've been very lucky to, to avoid injury. And a lot of these guys have been here playing for multiple years. Uh, right guard Brandon Weldon, he was uh, on the preseason, all big sky list. Last year, he was the second team right guard. He's started 32 straight games on the offensive line. The right tackle, Ivan Garza, has started 17 straight games, 10 games at left tackle last year, seven at right tackle this year. Their left tackle, Troy Stifle has started 22 games in his career at left tackle. He got a season-ending injury last year, but he's been their left tackle for a couple of years now. Their left guard has started the last 16 games at left guard, and their center is really the only fresh face here. He's a redshirt freshman that had just started playing this year. But this is this is a team that has a very, 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 very seasoned offensive line, which ends up really working out in their favor. They might have the best tight end in the in the entire conference, Marshall Martin. He was all Big Sky third team in 2019. They didn't play, obviously, in 2020 with the COVID year. He was the first teamer last year. He's been preseason each of the last three years. He leads their entire passing attack. Every single statistical category, he is their guy. 34 receptions, 437 yards, and six touchdowns, which makes him tight for 10th, 9th, and tight for 3rd in those categories, respectively, in the Big Sky. So when you're talking about a team that, again, is scoring almost 46 points a game and leading the conference, we have now covered they have two quarterbacks. Both are good at what they do. They might have the best running back in the conference. They have a receiver. Again, Pierre Williams was all big sky first team in 2019 and 2021. Historically, he's been one of the best receivers in the conference. Marshall Martin, best tight end in the conference. This, this team is offensive perfection. It's going to be really interesting to see both of their quarterbacks are seniors. So maybe moving forward, they get away from the two quarterback system, but Right now, it it works for them. Usually, when you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. But at least in the regular season, man, this team is terrifying. I don't even know. I don't even know what you do defensively to stop this team. Do you just hope to shut out the running game? Hope to shut out the passing game? Meet you, make them beat you the other way. But realistically, they're probably going to beat you the other way. This this team is loaded from top to bottom offensively. 
So what's instructive to what you're talking about, because we're we're about to transition over to like, hey, what what does Idaho need, need to do against Sacramento State? I want I watched the Sacramento State Montana game on Saturday, which Sacramento State won. But the thing I'm going to focus on, Montana dominated that game for three quarters. It was a fourth quarter. It was a mix of fourth quarter come apart for the Grizz and the Grizz just not being able to score that allowed Sac State to come back. But uh, in that game, Montana on the ground, they were they didn't completely bottle up Sacramento State, uh, but you could tell watching that Montana was much more. They were fine gambling that Jake Dunaway was not was he was just going to miss sometimes, or that if Jake Dunaway was absolutely on, Sacramento State was going to win going away. But if Jake Dunaway was not on, which he was not for that game, he was just over 50% completion percentage. And Idaho fans have seen that Montana's secondary is actually where they're a little bit more vulnerable. I think that's what Idaho is going to have to look at doing is you're not going to completely stop the best rushing, rushing game in the big sky, but Idaho needs to make sure that we are not getting just completely annihilated in the run, in the run game. And true, again, we've we've talked about Jake Dunaway as being solid. If you watch the Montana game, look, I've watched other Sacramento State games too. Dunaway, his accuracy definitely ebbs and flows. So to me, look, I don't think Idaho can completely. This is actually a separate caveat. I'm going to interrupt myself. Idaho has the number one rush defense in the Big Sky right now, but that's also buttressed off of playing the bottom four rushing teams in the Big Sky in our four games. So. I guess the first matchup for Idaho is how if Idaho's rush defense is for real, then maybe we can have an impact on Sacramento state on the ground, but this game, we're certainly going to find out, uh, but the weakness to me offensively for Sacramento state is more through the air than on the ground. I would, I would agree with that. Um, the, the one issue here again, that offensive line is, is pretty substantial. It's going to be pretty hard for the Idaho pass rush to, to make any, any significant uh, shots on on Dunaway, and then again, the second Dunaway gets some pressure, they just they put O'Hara in, they run it right at you, pick up seven yards a a run, and then give Dunaway the rest of the series off as they go down and kick a field goal or score a touchdown. Uh, that is the one thing that is a little bit nerve wracking if you're Idaho and you're trying to win a close game here. Obviously, Ricardo Chavez has been phenomenal as a kicker, but Kyle Sandkowski, their kicker was the number one kicker in the big sky last year. He was the preseason kicker uh, on the, the preseason team this year. He's nine for 11 this year. He's missed both of his kicks from 40 yards. Uh, he, he's inside of 40. The kid's automatic. So not great. If you're talking about a shootout, they they have got a, a heck of a kicker. But one thing I want to call out here that Tom Kendall, uh, one of our favorite listeners, a longtime supporter of Tubbs at the club, throwing in here, the Hornets have won 15 consecutive Big Sky games dating back to 2019. If they win Saturday, that equals their win total from the first seven seasons combined that they were in the Big Sky, 1996 to 2002. Uh, so this is this is not a team that historically has been any good at any sport, much less football. But here they are just putting together another incredible season that realistically, if Idaho doesn't win this, Sacramento State's got a heck of a shot to just run the table and come out as big sky champs. Well, that's look, that's the stakes for both these teams is that both Idaho and Sacramento State have favorable schedules after playing each other this week. So 
whoever wins the game today, they're in, they're in the driver's seat for probably a, t- a share of the Big Sky Championship. The Montana State has one rough game for the rest of the season, which is closing the closing the year at the bra- at in the Bozeman for the Brawl of the Wild. Idaho and Sac State have the inverse of our tough game is today. Montana State's his last game of the season. But those three teams are in the discussion for the Big Sky Championship, and Sac State and Idaho do not play Montana State. So the winner of this game has a very good shot of finishing 8-0 in conference play, definitely looking at a buy in the playoffs. And both both of these teams, too, are looking for another quality win for the playoff resume because that's the level Sacramento State and Idaho are at right now is they're jockeying for playoff position. Idaho, we're still a little anxious because as FCS team, we haven't made it since 2018. But realistically, other than this game, Idaho's favored every game the rest of the season. So that's what this is for, man. This is... Jason Eck has Idaho playing for a share, a, you know, a leg up on a share of a Big Sky championship in year one when we're more than halfway through the Big Sky season, dude. Brian, I'm going to come back to this point. I want to talk about the Sac State defense, and then we, we're going to circle back to talking about what this could mean for Idaho if and when they get the victory. Uh, this defense led by Andy Thompson. Uh, for anybody that is familiar with that name, it's because – a handful of possibly bright, possibly stupid folks at Tubbs at the club may have mentioned his name as a potential candidate for the head coaching job when Paul Petrino was was let go. Uh, obviously, we're very happy with Jason Eck, but Thompson was one of those guys that we'd kind of mentioned. He's a Montana guy. Uh, their defense has been pretty solid, maybe not spectacular, but pretty solid uh, throughout his time there. Right now, they are third in scoring 20.6 points a game. Fifth in yards, allowing 377 yards a game. They're second in rushing defense, just allowing 107 yards a game. Their weakness is their passing defense. 11th in passing with 270 yards a game. Brian, what sticks out to you about the Sac State defense? Now, the first thing we have to throw is a caveat because Sac State is blitzing teams. Second, the the uh, incentive for the team Sacramento state is playing in the second half is to throw more to try to catch up. So we do have to acknowledge that like week one Sac state gave up like 500 passing yards to Utah tech, but they won by more than 20, but you're hundred percent right, man. Um, Sac- the weakness is the, the secondary. I mean, how, even if Montana had a competent quarterback whatsoever after Lucas Johnson went down, Montana wins la- last weekend. And we've seen Giovanni McCoy look pretty – look, the best barometer for me is the is the Montana game, not the Washington State, the Montana game, because that was the single game, I'd say, uh, that Giovanni McCoy had to deliver for Idaho to win. And McCoy delivered against a better, better front seven and against a better secondary than we're going to see at Sacramento State, with caveat being I don't know – I don't think it's – I don't know if Sacramento State has a worse guy in pass coverage than Montana has in Robbie Houck. But there's there's no question that's the place that Idaho is going to have to look to exploit. But I also don't think Idaho is going to shift from its identity of passing about 40-ish percent of the time and rushing about 60-ish percent of the time. So to me, Dallas, you're right. The secondary is where Idaho is going to have to get some big plays. But Idaho has made it clear this this Vandal team runs to set up the pass. So still, the question is going to be for both Idaho and Sacramento State, because, I mean, honestly, Idaho's probably the best rushing team Sacramento State's played in the big sky as well, is what kind of test the opposition's run game is to to the defenses for both teams. 
And that's the the big thing I think here is going to be Idaho and how well can they run the ball against this defense? Again, second best running defense in the big sky behind just Montana. That's if you're looking at overall stats. I, I prefer overall stats. Brian prefers conference stats. So there's a little bit of variation here, but realistically, when you're talking about the, the three best run defenses in the conference, you've got Idaho, Montana, and Sac State. Obviously, we've seen what Idaho's running game did against Montana. Not a ton there. Hoping it's a little bit better against Sac State. Sac State's defense, it's interesting. So obviously they've they've allowed a ton of, of passing yards because they have guys just they're getting thrown on because they're up by 40 points in the fourth quarter. You look at their corners. Caleb Nelson, he's a transfer from North Dakota, fresh in this year. He leads their team and the Big Sky Conference with eight pass breakups. Uh, he's got an interception and 21 tackles. Because he's got that interception, that means he has nine total passes defensed. It's second in the conference. At the other corner spot, they've got Prince Washington and Dylan Juniel. The two guys kind of alternate back and forth who starts, depending on who's healthier at the moment. But both of those guys are in the top 10 in passes defense. So if you're going to see Giovanni McCoy throw, especially if he's got to throw a lot to win this game, you're probably going to see a bunch of balls getting knocked down. They don't have a ton of picks. They have a handful. I think they have seven interceptions, so a good amount of turnovers, but not not back-breaking like you'd expect this defense to be doing. So if you're Idaho... You got to hope you're going to be able to throw the ball in the secondary at least a little bit, but the it's going to come down to being able to run against this front seven. Uh, the big names for me, Jet Stanley and Tyler Hardiman, they're two ta- the two defensive tackles. Both guys have started the last 19 games, so realistically, they started all of last season and all of this season. Jet Stanley was honorable mention in the Big Sky last year. Neither guy fills up the stat line, but. They're the two giant defensive tackles that are are going to wreak havoc on the run game. That's what's terrifying to me. Idaho is going to have to control the ball, control time of possession, because Sac State does not do that. They do not play a ball control offense. They score as quickly as they possibly can. If you look at their time of possession, they, they own the ball for 30 minutes and 40 seconds. So just 40 seconds above... Uh, splitting the difference that it's not the Idaho offense of let's try to hold the ball for 45 minutes and and beat teams that way. This team scores as fast as possible, as often as possible. And I think Jason Eck has already proven how you beat teams like this. You hold the ball as long as you possibly can. And the only way we're going to get that done is if Idaho is able to run all over this defense, which nobody else has been able to do. Yeah. Another factor here that now this, uh, this coaching matchup Dallas is a very much a new school versus new school approach. As in Troy Taylor, he had has had a weird background in even getting the Sacramento State job. He was a bit older relative to getting a first head coaching look. Had been offensive coordinator at Eastern Washington, then offensive coordinator at University of Utah, then took the Sac State job, signed a seven-year contract, which at media day, uh, Bear Tycoon from Montana Mint asked him about that, and Troy Taylor said openly, well, to make the money work to go to a place like Sac State in the Big Sky, they had to give him a huge guarantee that if he, even if he got fired, he's going to get paid for a long time. But um, he's this is definitely not a Bobby Houck who, though Bobby Houck's a very good big sky coach, Bobby Houck clearly did not give his best effort against Idaho. Troy Taylor's not going to be overlooking Idaho because they're not a you know sexy recent matchup. Troy Taylor is very hardcore, very hardcore into uh, just individual analysis and adjusting play, adjusting play style based off the matchup. So you can expect Taylor's going to be look. He's going to look at Idaho defensively, notice what the different strengths are, and not care 
what type of game plan he typically has done throughout the year, but work to exploit the matchups. Now we've just seen that just about no one can match up with Sac State on the ground. So that part is brain dead. Um, but uh, that, I guess that to me is one of the X factors too, is we probably have, this is a coaching matchup of in terms of newer coaches, who, guys who don't have a ton of head coaching experience, both Jason Neck and Troy Taylor reputationally are very high in the minds of big sky, uh, big sky fans, big sky media. And uh, kind of the, and both of these coaches are game to adjust game plans too. So this is one of, this is maybe the only game this year, Dallas, where we we're going to talk about everything that's happening. But because of how both these coaches are flexible, it's entirely possible that there's a script flip that we don't see heading in, which is just another reason to get your get. Well, you can't get your ass to the dome for this game, but to make sure to tune into ESPN plus because, uh, yeah, dude, I'm just stoked thinking about this. So, Troy Taylor is a kick ass coach. Jason X, a kick ass coach. Both these teams have been annihilating teams. If you look at box scores for both teams, there's a lot of bloodbaths. Yeah, if you look at this game, I think this is a battle between the two best coaches in the Big Sky Conference, uh, and I will I will argue that against any single person in the in the Big Sky podcast network. Anybody that listens to our show, anybody that follows the Big Sky, I would make the argument that these are the two best coaches in the Big Sky. The defense for uh, Sacramento State typically is a four-two-five. That fifth DB being a, a nickel slash outside linebacker slash rover position wouldn't shock me to see that guy come. It's uh, Marte Mapu. He's a 2021 All Big Sky second teamer, uh, technically listed as a linebacker, but uh, on the Big Sky list. But he's realistically he's a nickel. He's like six one, two hundred ten pounds. He's he's not quite large enough to be a linebacker. Uh, he's one of their best players, second on the team in tackles. He leads the team with just two interceptions. It's not a ton, but it's what leads the team. It would not shock me to see him come off the field and then stick another linebacker in there just to just to make Idaho's run game that much harder. I, it feels like this is a team that it's tough to prepare for. It's tough to explain what what we're going to see because we don't know. It feels like Troy Taylor's the kind of guy who will, and Andy Thompson obviously running the defense there, feels like they're the kind of guys that are just going to adjust things. They're not going to do the, the Bobby Houck thing of, this is how we play football, and you're going to adapt to it, or we're going to die. Does not feel like that at all. Um, so we're everything's been kind of doom and gloom here. About hey, it's going to be really tough for Idaho to run the ball. Hey, Troy Taylor is a really good coach. If you're Idaho and you're looking for something to say, hey, this might be the key to this game. There is not a lot of pass rushing at Sacramento State. It's the one thing their defense is not particularly good at. They don't do a very good job at getting after the quarterback. Uh, they have Killian Roscoe serving on one end. He's got 25 tackles and a tackle for loss, two quarterback hurries, no sacks. The other defensive end uh, position is flipping between Ariel Nada and Iodeli Adeoway. The two of them alternate as the rush end. Nada's got two sacks. Adeoye has one sack. They have seven total sacks this season. This is not a team that necessarily gets after the quarterback, which is not something you would think you'd say about, again, a team that is technically 11th out of 12 in passing defense because guys are throwing the ball on them crazy because they're up by so much. You'd think with that many more opportunities to get after a quarterback, you'd think that they would be doing that. But it's the one thing they don't do. And if you're Idaho, that's, man, that's that's the area I'm looking my chops at here. If you can keep McCoy upright all game, 
it makes me feel a whole lot better about how this game might go. Well, that is something that, you know, to me, I want to talk about now what Idaho can do, because you're right. We're talking about Sac State as as though they're a good team because they are a good team. But hell, Idaho's pretty damn good as well. And the matchup, you kind of hit on both of the matchups, I think, that are going to be key is Idaho a relative weakness, especially we saw this against Portland State in the first half and some in the second half, too, was pass block, pass blocking. And Sacramento State is a team that is not not really in position to take advantage of that relative weakness for Idaho. We've seen Idaho look fine blocking in the run game. Not not, not elite, like not Montana State level blocking, but still fine. Good, absolutely good enough uh, in, in the run game. Sacramento State probably not going to be able to pressure Giovanni McCoy the way that uh, a school like Montana was going to. And also last week, Sacramento State was getting their ass kicked by Lucas Johnson before Lucas Johnson was taken out by a a correct targeting call from Sacramento State. Helmet to helmet hit. Johnson was done on the sideline in street clothes, you know, concussion kind of stuff. He had three rushes for 36 yards in about a quarter. So he was certainly moving around and finding room to run. Giovanni McCoy doesn't look to run first, but he, he can be effective in extending plays or finding first downs on the ground. And I'd expect we're going to see a little bit of that, but we're also going to see McCoy have some time to find those seams that he has been so good this year at persistently finding, which is the other favorable matchup for Idaho that we've already alluded to. But there's an Idaho end. Giovanni McCoy is probably going to have a good amount of good looks this game. I think we sometimes skip over Giovanni as a, in terms of individual stats, just because we, you know, we talk about all of Idaho McCoy and big sky play averaging 254 yards passing per game, 11 touchdowns, one pit, one pick 76.3% completion percentage. That is best in the big sky. And look, also last week, Hey, we, we saw some moments where McCoy almost threw some picks, but he didn't, he's had very few of those moments. So if this is a if there's a situation for McCoy to shine and maybe Eck and Schleisner to open up the playbook a little bit more, give themselves permission to rely on McCoy to win larger stretches of the game. I mean, this is the matchup you got to look at because we we talked about Montana being that type of matchup as well. This is a more favorable matchup for McCoy than Montana, even though they're both on the road. Sacramento State secondary not as tough as Montana. Sacramento State front seven, not going to get to McCoy the way that Montana sometimes could. So I guess that's the other thing I you talk about looking your chops. You got to expect Giovanni McCoy is pretty damn stoked uh, to get this game going because he's, you know, he's putting together an all big sky level campaign right now and uh, having a big game, having a huge game in a favorable matchup in to me now, look, the Montana game was kind of the biggest game of the year. This is now the biggest game of the year for Idaho. This is the kind of game that Giovanni McCoy looks like he just relishes. Yeah, this is, you know, if if we're counting on McCoy to be that big, big game quarterback, like apparently he's gaining the reputation from from the beatdown of Montana. This is this is the game that we've got to see that uh, if McCoy shows up and is able to at least complete some of those big plays like we, we were kind of talking about that in the uh in the reaction show to the portland state game it, you know there's going to be times where idaho's going to run the ball 60 percent of the time and what that means for mccoy is you got to hit the small ones when it counts and get those first downs you also have to be able to uncork those 45 yarders and and rip off those giant chunks of the field 
that's what this game is going to boil down to. It feels like it doesn't feel like it's going to be necessarily a blowout one way or the other. Doesn't feel to me like one team is going to have control most of the game. This, everything looking at everything about this game and about these teams, this feels like a slugfest. This feels like it's going to be maybe one team gets a 10 point lead at some point in the first three quarters, but it does not feel like any team is going to run away with this. Um, it, on, it feels honestly to me, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this being captain positive over here, but it feels like whichever defense is able to get the important turnover when it matters, it feels like that's going to be the key to this game. Whichever team is able to steal a possession, hopefully in sometime in the fourth quarter. And my money would be on Idaho for that. Idaho forcing more turn- considerably more turnovers than Sacramento State is. Feels like that's a pretty good, pretty good look for Idaho. You also see, like you said, Brian, Montana was was honestly kicking Sacramento State's teeth in until Lucas Johnson went out. When Lucas Johnson went out, obviously everything changed. But even with Chris Brown, they were a bad missed call away from still winning that game in regulation and Sacramento State not being bailed out in overtime. The blueprint is there for Sacramento State to lose. It just depends if Idaho can capitalize on that blueprint or not. Yeah, in terms of takeaways, look, passing games where we're most likely to see takeaways as well. And in big sky play, Idaho has eight picks. Sacramento State has three. Both of these teams have played a relatively similar conference schedule. Both have played Montana, and then both have played not really anyone that tough. I mean, Sac State played Eastern, who's probably better than the second-best team Idaho's played in Big Sky, but not you know a fantastic schedule minus Montana. And Idaho has, cer- has certainly been able to force turnovers, and that's been something Idaho's done since – what their first defensive possession this season at Washington state. So I guess that that's another thing guys for us to not overlook is, you know, we've talked about individual offense, defense matchup, but Idaho defensively has been able to come up with big plays, not, you know, pick sixes, but timely interceptions that, and, you know, timely force fumbles that turn the tide. That is certainly more of a strength of Idaho this season than you'd say of Sac state. So Brian, we're rounding into that time. But before I ask for your score prediction, what is your key to this game? What is the, obviously we've talked about the different matchups we think are going to succeed, but p- picking out all of the keys that we've talked about, what is your number one key to the game? What does Idaho have to do to win this? Have to exploit the Sac- the Sacramento State secondary, the way we've talked about. But the, re- the key to me for both, t- this goes for both teams. Both these teams defensively, on the ground have been very strong this year. I think we're going to find out which of these teams is for real strong against the ground. Because for Idaho, this to me, I don't care about having played Washington State earlier. I think this is probably the roughest rushing attack that our defense is going to have to match up with. And Sacramento State, it's honestly, it's the same thing. In Big Sky play, Sacramento State hasn't played teams that can run the ball effectively. Montana doesn't run the ball that effectively. And that's the best rushing team that Sacramento State's played uh, kind of ditto Idaho. So, I mean, this is another game where similar to Idaho and Montana, where there's some matchups where we're, we're going to find out how real both of these teams are. And to me, can, can both teams contain the other or not on the ground is a ton of where this game is going to be decided. See, I, I agree with you. I think that those are very important keys. 
to me, the key of this game is the turnover battle. If Idaho wins the turnover battle, I think they win this game. I think this is, these are two teams that are quite evenly matched. They obviously have com- considerably different strengths, but I think Idaho's strengths match up really well with the weaknesses or supposed weaknesses of Sacramento State. I think if Idaho wins the turnover battle, I think this is this is over. Um, it, hopefully it comes down to Jack Schneider calling out turnover Tommy two yards away from getting two pick sixes. Would love to see turnover Tommy get that pick six. If Idaho scores a defensive touchdown, this game is not going to be close. I think this this feels like Idaho catching Sacramento State at the right time. There's a couple cracks in the armor. They got through it. Feels like this is the right time to capitalize on it. So, Brian. Can we spend 10 seconds going over? We, 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 I referenced it earlier, and you asked for us to talk about later. We got to talk about the importance of this game, or you got to talk oh, about the importance shit. of the game. You're right. Yeah, this, this is what this, happens. Tubbs late at night. I forget about because look, look, Sacramento State, and you, you brought up Dallas. There's a chance Sacramento State may be looking a teeny bit past Idaho. The Hornets have Weber State next week. I don't think Troy Taylor is that kind of guy. I've talked to Troy Taylor. He does not talk the way most football coaches talk. He's very, he's completely different. Reputationally, he's understood about not giving a shit about being like respected in the coaching circles. He just does his thing and he likes it that way. But Idaho playing for a champ. This is Idaho playing for a championship, man. I know it's late at night. So like some of the excitement not be coming across, but good Lord, man. One year, first year, Jason X stuff. Last year, Dallas, you and I, did reaction episodes for some very not fun games. 2019 Sacramento State in Moscow beat Idaho so bad that the game stats were worse for Idaho against Sac State than against Penn State, where Idaho lost by like 71 to 7 or something like that, 78-7. And now Idaho's playing Sacramento State for a, a share essentially of the Big Sky Championship, provided the other games go go fine, as would be predicted. This is best case scenario for Idaho and Sacramento State, but one year and just everything is completely different to the point that we're playing for playoff seeding, meaning it is if Idaho wins this game, you should expect not only is Idaho going to make the playoffs, but they're going to get skipped the first round and host a second round playoff game. If you per, if you can't get excited about this, if you can't buy into Idaho football like this, I don't know what's going to get you back 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 in. Because this to me is the is game of the week, no question. It's at 6 p.m., so it gets to feel kind of like prime time. I don't know how it gets better, except it being in Moscow. No, you couldn't have said that better, Brian. Honestly, guys, this is now when we get to big sky pickums, you'll see why this is the game of the week. There's not a not a ton of uh interesting things out there. A lot of teams on bye week this week, but if Idaho beats Sac State this weekend, we're looking at, at uh, excuse me, home against Eastern Washington, home against UC Davis at Idaho State. Those are three games Idaho will absolutely be favored in. And realistically, if you're if you're a gambling man, we're not talking Idaho being favored by three here, getting the home field three. This is these are Idaho looks like winning out and going undefeated in the Big Sky Conference is what this looks like if Idaho can get past Sac State this weekend. But on the other hand, if Sac State gets through Idaho, yes, they have Weber State. That is a going to be a heck of a matchup there. Then they go on the road again to Portland State. They have UC Davis at home. This, this guys, obviously Weber State, 
at uh, or excuse me, Sac State at Weber State next week is going to have implications. But this is the game right here. Idaho wins this game, and we are legitimately talking about Idaho winning the Big Sky Conference in year one of the Jason Eck era, getting a playoff by, and honestly, legitimately looking like this is a team that could make a run to the semifinals or even the finals. This is the kind of team we're talking about at this point. You then have two wins over teams that were top five in the polls at the time. Obviously, Montana's not top five anymore. Uh, but a, a technically three wins if you talk about top five Portland State. This is this is the year, and obviously all of you guys listening to this, all of you guys following this, uh, if you're live, if you're listening to this on replay, we have just about more live viewers now than we've ever had before, and it just grows every single week. Obviously, people's interest in Idaho is going up, and if you're listening to this, that's part of the interest. But if you know people that are looking for a reason to get back into Idaho football, or maybe they're not looking for a reason and you just need to bash them in the head with it, this is the team. This is a special team. We are legitimately one month left in the season, and we're talking about Idaho winning the goddamn conference after years, years of Paul Petrino struggling in the Big Sky Conference with all of these same players. This coaching staff deserves this. This university deserves this. Show some support. This team, again, even if they don't win this game, we're talking about three more games that look very winnable and Idaho going 7-1 and one in the conference. Those are well, insane the, numbers. And this matchup, too. If, this is a this is just the dream scenario, guys. Idaho playing for a share of the Big Sky Championship, but we have to knock another team out of that share. This isn't Idaho playing a shitty Idaho State team because Sac, you know, Cal Sacramento State lost to Eastern or something like that, playing for the the implication. No, this is essentially like an FCS bowl game right now, or a version of that. Two highly ranked teams: Sac State number two, Idaho number fourteen. Idaho should obviously be number ten or something like that. Idaho should be around top ten, but two very good teams undefeated in conference Sac state just undefeated overall both these teams undefeated against fcs teams and one of these teams is going to remain a favorite to win a share of the big sky championship after saturday and one of these teams will not we get to see it almost prime time 6 p.m i don't know how it gets better the only way it gets better is if idaho beats the shit out of these guys saturday night that's the only way this gets better that's what everybody seems to be predicting in the chat. Well, not everybody's predicting the beatdown, but every single person in our YouTube chat right now is predicting a Vandal home win. Or excuse me, Vandal road win. My goodness, it's it is late night, guys. Brian and I are really just well, maybe Brian's not, but I am just really just nosediving here. Brian, we are forty plus minutes into the show. It is time for score predictions. What you got? Dallas and I have six missed Big Sky picks the entire season, guys. So this is a tough one for me for the reasons we just spent 45 minutes talking about. I think I saw chinks in the Sac State armor against Montana because truly I think Sacramento State, if there's not that bullshit targeting, they definitely lose the Montana game. I think that Jake Dunaway is going to have to play the game of his season for Sacramento State to win this. I think Idaho is going to be able to slow Scadabo down enough that I honestly, I'm going to put it. I, I, I would never have pictured myself saying this at any point in my Vandal fandom. I'm going to pick Idaho. I'm going to pick Idaho 38, 28. 
You heard it here first. Our best and brightest, Brian Marceau, picking Idaho 38 to 28. For anybody that has not been following me on social media over the last couple of weeks, I was dunked on by Coach Eck after I picked Montana to beat them two weeks ago. He re responded to one of my tweets and told me to stop picking against them. I made the promise last week that I was not going to pick against Idaho until they lost another game. I didn't even need to make that promise this week, guys. I'm not picking Idaho because of the promise. I'm picking Idaho because I legitimately think Idaho is going to come in and beat this team on that terrible little stadium excuse for a stadium that they have. Idaho is going to go down to the to Sacramento State, punch them right in the face time and time again, and win this game. I don't know if it's 38-28. I'm thinking Idaho 34-31. I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to matter that Idaho gets a touchdown at the or it gets a turnover in the fourth quarter and goes on to win. But you heard it here. Brian and I both picking Idaho. And there's a Kurt Borchart, one of our favorites. Kurt, it was nice to see you at the uh, the game last weekend. Uh, nice to wave across the, the aisle there. Kurt mentioning very little home field advantage for Sacramento. They have a 20,000-seat state stadium, and they average only 10,000. So open air, half-filled, not a great environment if you're trying to get home field advantage against a should-be top-10 team coming in to hopefully end your – not end your season, but ruin your hopes at winning the Big Sky Conference yet again. I'm burying the lead. Brian and I are both picking Idaho. Martin didn't give us a score, but Martin has also picked Idaho. So the Tubbs guy is hoping to go three for three yeah. with the Idaho game this week. With one caveat, I, we just didn't bring it up. The way you and I have both talked about Idaho, we clearly believe the first half defense that we saw against Portland State, similar like that we saw against Northern Colorado, we're saying we don't think that's truly who Idaho is defensively. We believe the second half adjustments are closer to the talent Idaho has. I bring that up because obviously if Idaho has a first half like they did against Portland State, they're getting their ass kicked. That Idaho cannot afford to play a half like that against Sacramento State will be buried if that's the case. But both of us are saying we don't believe that's who this team is when they're executing. We believe they're closer to that, to that second half team. And to add to what Kurt uh, Borchardt said, also, Kurt, great to meet you. Um, Sacramento State's fans are kind of weird in that they're very good at all sitting on one side of the stadium. It's the stadium that the camera's on. So when you're watching a Sacramento State game, it can look like there's nine people there. But when you see the cam a camera that like might pan but doesn't cover the field itself, you'll see that their side students sit on is actually pretty dang full, which I just have no idea what that actually means for the environment because the mics seemed terrible in the Montana-Sacramento State game. It sounded very quiet. But then there were a few times when the mics didn't suck and it panned the crowd and that half of the stadium was pretty damn full. But I'm not going to disagree with Kurt's assessment about uh, the environment there. They are getting around 10,000 to a lot of their games, so uh, we'll see what that means. Done filibustering. Very last point on that, Brian, I completely agree. I do not think that the first half defense we saw against Portland State, the first half defense we saw against Northern Colorado, I do not think that is any sort of indication for what Idaho's defense is going to come out and do against Sac State. That felt like, hey, these are the letdown games, and Idaho let down just enough to make it a little interesting there in the first half, and then obviously course corrected in the second as they they destroyed Portland State defensively in the second held their own pretty well against Northern Colorado. Feels like that's the effort that we're going to get all game against Sacramento State. If you are looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. 
Hughes River Expeditions has been vandal owned and operated since 1976 and are ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. Enjoy a multi-drink trip down the middle fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River of No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, or the Selway. Check out special trips like one to see the Per Said Meteor Shower. Camp on pristine beaches, run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the entire country. You just bring your clothes, let HRE handle the rest. Grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the Gem State. Call now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. Brian, it's time to pick the rest of the big sky. Again, uh, more and more people flooding into the comments talking about good things about Idaho picking Idaho to win. Kevin Ridenauer jumping in and saying, if Idaho wins, X should be a shoe in for FCS Coach of the Year. Hell, if anybody was paying attention to Idaho the last four years and looking at Idaho now, I think X should win Coach of the Year the next four years going away without even having to coach the games, just in, in the difference from this program from year to year here. But it's time to keep the show moving and on the way. Brian, we're going to start with what I think is the shittiest game of the week. Portland State at Eastern Washington. Martin's picking Eastern. Who you got? I'm picking Eastern. I I think this Eastern is going to at least win a couple games and pump the record up a little bit throughout the rest of the season. Portland State is, if they're not the worst team Eastern's played all year, they're easily the second worst, and they're not even close to the number three matchup. Yeah, I think what we saw from Portland State was, again, team can't, for the most part, can't rush that well. Sashere is not that great. Eastern can't stop the run, but unless Sashere runs all over Eastern like he did against Northern Arizona, I don't think Eastern, I don't think PSU can exploit that matchup. So I, I think Eastern's going to win relatively handily. I think Gunnar Talkington's going to have another, uh, a little bit sexier day in terms of, the, of his, his, um, box score numbers than he, he had last week against Cal Poly. So kind of a bounce back for Eastern. They'll get, they'll have two wins in a row. Yeah. I'm going to go with Eastern here. Comment section, a little bit split. We've got uh, a couple of people picking Eastern, a couple of folks picking Portland state. If you're Dante Sachere, you're hoping that you're going to put up 200 yards rushing because Eastern can't stop a nosebleed, much less a running game, but it, it just feels like Eastern has got too much talent. They've obviously got the better coach. I know that, there are people that will say things about Aaron Best that maybe he's not the guy. You know, the program has slowly started to slip from the days of the Baldwin era. But again, they're playing murderer's row here. This is the easiest game that they've had probably since the first or second week of the season after their between their Oregon and Florida games. It feels like Eastern wins this game, especially in Cheney. I'm, I'm taking Eastern. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be fairly close because, again, Eastern's defense is going to let Portland State and and particularly saturate run a little bit but i do think eastern wins this game close it takes us to another game that really nobody cares about cal poly at uc davis well you have to take uc davis because uc davis does look like they're still solid put up 58 points against uh, northern colorado which according to ed mccaffrey in the paper is apparently not a disaster uh we're going to quit talking about Northern Colorado, but the McCaffrey family just keeps that. They keep digging deeper and deeper in that hole in Northern Colorado. Uh, but Cal Poly, they're a little bit lost right now, Dallas against Eastern. Bo Baldwin played three different quarterbacks. Spencer Brash, who had been passing for about 300 yards a game, took one total snap. And the, uh, the Mustangs juggled between Bo Kelly and 
Kalik Paulette. Kalik Paulette's more of a rusher. Uh, Bo Kelly threw p- three picks against Eastern, which is to say the experimentation was not that impressive in that Eastern's a pretty bad defensive team and Cal Poly could only put up 10 points and deep offensively is how Cal Poly has looked improved this year. So they look lost. UC Davis is in the midst of finding themselves in a run of four very easy games. So yeah, Davis is going to win. Miles Hastings is going to pad his stats as a passer, probably get to, he'll probably be leading the big sky in passing yards per game after this for sure. Yeah. So anybody that doesn't follow UC Davis religiously, uh, October 15th, they beat Northern Arizona 56 to 27. Last week, they beat Northern Colorado 58 to 10. I am fully expecting UC Davis to put up another 50 burger here and absolutely blow the doors off of Cal Poly. And then, Brian, like you said, they're in the midst of a four game stretch of just easy games. After this, they've got Idaho State. They somehow lucked into having the easiest conference schedule by a mile. I'm picking a 50 burger, UC Davis by a mile here. That leads us into the bye weeks at ISU, MSU, NAU, UNC, all four of those teams off, which takes us to the final week of the season. I should have mentioned Martin also picked UC Davis. Final game of the week, Montana at Weber State. This is just such a nightmare for Montana, where Montana plays Idaho, Sac State, now Weber State, back to back to back, and lose. We have no no news on starting quarterback Lucas Johnson. If Lucas Johnson doesn't play, Weber's going to win this easy because Montana will have no passing threat whatsoever. You know, Weber State, honestly, they should have beat Montana State last week if not for four safeties. Uh, because of four God knows what was happening snaps from the long snapper uh, that that was more than the difference in Weber State losing 38 43 at at Montana State so uh, honestly man I gotta pick Weber State I mean Weber State Weber State had a nightmare game for them and still almost picked off Montana State Weber State stronger offensively than they've been for a long time. And I think that's just there. Bronson Barron's an okay big sky starting quarterback, like probably like dead center in terms of quality starters right now. Uh, but that's certainly good enough on the ground. Dante McMillan has really stepped up as the lead rusher uh, over Josh Davis at this point, although injury could be Josh Davis's issue. Cause it always is, but I got, I'm going to go Weber state, which is wild because Montana could be riding a three game losing streak where the Grizz have to win out, including closing in Bozeman to for sure make the playoffs. But I think Weber State shuts the door on uh, on Montana this week. Shout out to Jason Mayer jumping in and stating uh, the bye week will beat ISU by 17. I think that's a little too close, but I do agree. He's also the only person in the chat that is picking Montana over Weber State. And Jason, unfortunately, I am not going to be jumping on that train with you. I'm in agreement with Brian. I think Weber State is just the better team top to bottom. If Lucas Johnson is healthy, that makes this game close. If they trot out Chris Brown, they're going to get annihilated. Weber State, I, I might get uh, shouted at here, but in the Big Sky uh, power rankings that Brian sends out to uh, certain members of the Big Sky Podcast Network and the other affiliates, and uh, listen to his show, he'll tell you a lot, all about them much better than I will. I picked Weber State over Montana State, even though they just lost to Montana State because they had four goddamn safeties from the long snapper snapping the ball through the back of the end zone. just he Sometimes he was 30 yards up the field, sailed it over the guy's head, launched it into the end zone. I cannot imagine you're going to see that again, giving eight 
eight points and four possessions to a team that you didn't need. I mean, obviously they're punting, so it's not, you're not really giving them four full possessions. You're giving them just shorter fields than you would have if you regularly punted. I don't think we're going to see that again. I, at least I would hope you don't see that again. That poor snapper would be uh, strung up in a clothesline at that point. I think Weber State takes this. They're they're better team top to bottom. Mickey Mantle, we've talked about his offense. Jay Hill finally let go, finally let them score some points. Uh, it feels like Weber State all the way. The, the only caveat here, and I cannot change in my pick, is you talked in the comment thread, I think Jason Mayer said Bobby Houck's going to be, sorry, sorry, Bart Holt said Houck will be freaking out. Oh, this week Houck's already freaking out, and I bet the freak out is going to be they're going to make Bronson Barron win this game because I bet Montana believes they can get to Barron and get him to make mistakes in a way that McCoy against Montana did not. But there's desperation on Montana's side. And and look, Barron is okay, but he's a guy who could make those mistakes. So I half want to talk myself into the Montana part. But again, Chris, if Chris Brown's playing, it's not a game at all. And I still don't think Bobby Houck has learned the lesson of changing things up offensively at Montana from the last two games. So sticking with Weber state, but this is going to be a pretty exciting game to me as well. Yeah. It's very interesting. You have two like absolutely game of the week quality games in Montana at Weber state, Idaho at Sac state. And then sorry, Patty shots fired a game. Nobody cares about in Portland state at Eastern Washington. And then a bloodbath in Cal Poly at UC Davis, just not a great week of games in the big sky. However, you get, hopefully two of the best games you're going to get all season in Montana Weber and Idaho stack sack state. And if you're the kind of person who watches other big sky games, the Montana Weber games early, Idaho's late. If you want to do nothing, but watch big sky TV or, you know, like get divorced too, then uh, that is absolutely on the table for you guys. Brian, that just about does it here. Any final thoughts before I wrap this up? Other than to say, hey, guys, keep checking out Josh Grissom's uh, columns. He published on Sunday. Uh, Grissom is pumping these things out fast. Got to call Josh out re- really quick in a positive way. When I talked to Josh about coming on, he said, like, yeah, I'll publish these as, you know, as I can because he, he really wanted to get involved. But like everyone else here, he's, you know, he has a f- tubs and doesn't pay the rent. So then, like, I message him on Sunday saying, like, hey, you, you're going to publish an article? He says, yeah, it's already published on the website. No, Jesus Christ, which is to say, uh, Josh is getting, getting columns out. So Idaho is, uh, sorry, Tubbs the Club is hitting you with video and printed stuff. The columns Josh writes are pretty fun. Uh, it's some of the, like, it, it's not precisely reporting, but it's not precisely opinion either. It's kind of a threading the line between those two, the way he writes his columns, which I, I find it entertaining as hell. So, uh, yeah, obviously, guys, patreon.com backslash Tubbs at the club. If you want to join me at a, Six guys join since beating Montana. There's a seven guys joined since, well, kind of seven guys joined since beating Montana. Uh, the the crew is getting bigger. It's getting fun as hell. Our Discord is the single most active Idaho chat throughout the week. So you want to get involved, patreon.com backslash tubs at the club. Thanks for your support, dudes. I do want to mention uh, Martin is not here to do the Martin Minute. He checked out early because of bedtime, uh, something I think Brian and I are both kind of wishing we had done as well, but we're more than happy to be sitting here still broadcasting almost at 10 o'clock on the Pacific Coast, way past our bedtimes. Thank you to Jason Mayer shouting at Vandal Soccer, getting the number two seed in the Big Sky Conference Tournament. Uh, They're going to be, so that gives them a first round bye. 
They will play the winner of Portland State and Montana, 11 a.m. Friday, November 4th, on the long grass of Greeley, Colorado. But it's not so long anymore now that that's been replaced, but still funny to, to think about it. So if you're looking to support the Vandals that are not the football team, Friday, November 4th, 11 a.m., I'm assuming that game is going to be on ESPN Plus because, again, ESPN Plus, one of the best things that's ever happened to this conference. Very easy to find all of the games. They look great. Things work a whole lot better than Pluto. I told you so. Tom Kendall asking about veggies, and I just have to address it over 30 seconds, guys. Men's basketball is going to steal show minutes when it becomes newsworthy. The men's team not tipping off while Idaho football is playing for a potential share in a Big Sky championship. Yeah, we're just not going to talk about it yet. They've got to show their newsworthy. That's not not the case yet, guys. Basketball season's coming, but it's not coming here until there's no reason to talk football. So if you're like me, hope like hell that Idaho makes it to Frisco because then that's the longer that we don't have to talk about that godforsaken program. With that said, go Vandals. Go Vandals. And now I'm going to do a terrible job of closing us out because I don't even know. I don't even know what awful intro or extra I want to end this with, Brian. You, you want me to go? You want me to do the change up? Do uh, the producer Brian no prep whatsoever mix up? Yes, I want to see it. Go okay. Vandals, guys. Go Vandals. That's an unbelievable fuck up. We're going to. Jesus Christ.